And so I was like, what, are you part of the KKK? <laughs> and he's like, no, 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 that'd be weird since I'm half Somali. And I'm like, okay, cool. At least you're, at least you're not a racist. Not Got that KKK. going for you. Okay. And you, you know what? Sorry, I just want to say uh, not being a racist is one of my turn-ons. Hey, Annika, it's that time of year again. Christmas? Hanukkah? That too, but it's time to talk about Christmas presents. So, like, sex toys. And fun holiday activities. Like, learning about your sex toys. And spending time with loved ones. And using toys with your loved ones. <laughs> it is the Women Travel's annual sex toys episode. Annika, have I told you why I wanted to talk about this officially? Because you're horny. No. Well, yes. But it's important. Historically and today, women have had to hide the fact that they have... <gasps> sexual urges oh my so i want to talk about sex and sexual health and since we still don't have paid advertising we can do whatever we want (laughs) because what better gift is there during this holiday than the gift of orgasms Mm -hmm. plus it's a very productive use of free time Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) so welcome to women travel the dildos and other misfit toys episode (laughs) Uh, we'll have natasha from bozeman's erotique to discuss what it's like to sell sex toys in a boutique style shop and to be today's expert in sexual health but first what is your sexual wonder of the world do you see what i did there yeah you see see i added a word so smooth it's a smooth it's it's thematic yes (laughs) um do you mind going first yeah i can talk about mine so, of course, as everyone knows, like, this is slightly a history podcast. <laughs> so, my interesting sexual wonder of the world is Cleopatra's bee vibrator. <laughs> like, yes. Yeah. Tell me more. So, um, it's essentially, well, back then, people don't like to think about, like, sex in ancient history. It's really funny when you watch, like, a history channel and, like, they show, like, an obvious phallus that's supposed to be used as a dildo. And they're always like, it is a sign of fertility. And you're just like, mm, is it, though? <laughs> so, uh, so ancient Egypt, uh, wonderful technology. They're so smart. You know, pyramids, mummification, all that fun stuff. But also... They do a lot of, like, sexual health and, like, dildos and vibrators. So, of course, this isn't proved because, you know, history loves to make Cleopatra the seductress and everything. So, therefore, she has to be overly sexy and a sex fiend instead of, you know, being the wonderful strategist in general she was. So, the rumors are is that she had, like, this wooden box that could split in the middle and she would collect bees in there. And then shake it up so they get angry and buzz and then use it on her. (laughs) Which to me sounds like so much work and also so dangerous. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah. No, it seems so scary. Um, But it could lead to a certain kink um, that would be very difficult to duplicate otherwise. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) so that was my sexual wonder of the world uh morgan what's yours 
All right, so mine is um, an 18th century dildo uh, that is most likely French. It's uh, there's so it's actually two um, phalluses. One has um, balls, one doesn't, and uh, it sold an auction for three thousand six hundred dollars sterling. Um, and I what I really appreciate about it is that there's a quote in there that kind of like. They were asking, like, why are you interested in this item? And someone was like, well, it's really rare, and you're never going to see one of the, or you're hardly ever going to see an item like this again. Um, <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and I just liked how people justified it by calling it rare, you know? Oh, yeah. um, rather than, like, well, it's cool, or, like, it's interesting, or it's, it, it is quite pretty, in fact. Like, it's got a lot of, like, um, embedded, like, leather designs around the case and all of that. By the way, it does have, like, a nice case. It looks, like, if you saw it from the outside, you would assume that it's got wine inside or something like that, not an 11-inch dildo. <laughs> I mean, love it. Love these interesting dildos that we've had throughout the century. Um, I do have to, sorry, I forgot one more note. I was looking over the uh, article, and it had the um, the phrase, an extraordinary and exceptionally rare travel gotermiche. And a gotermiche um, is exactly what it sounds like. Um, it's... <laughs> Now, a gotermiche is an object having the shape and often the appearance of an erect penis. Um, and I, yeah... That was all. It's just a travel. It's a travel dildo. She, whoever owned this, potentially had several uh, items of this. Ooh, uh, exhi- type. exhibitionist. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> I don't think that's an exhibitionist because isn't an ex- exhibitionist someone who wants to like like someone who keeps their windows open in the hopes <laughs> that someone sees. Well, here's the thing. What they're up to. If it's a travel suitcase. There's the potential for it to be travel experiences. The original 500-mile club on a train? I think so. (laughs) The 500-mile club. Yeah. uh, But horizontally. Yes. (laughs) Is that anything? (laughs) All right. Well, I caught up with Natasha uh, from Erotique in Bozeman, and uh, she had some really cool thoughts about... um, Sex toys. You want to hear that? Uh, hell yeah. Play the clip. Hell yeah. <laughs> Play the... <laughs> I am just Natasha. I am the manager of Erotique. I am one of the buyers at for Erotique. I gotta ask, is... Just talking about someone's sex life is that part of the job interview at Erotique? Do you mean? Do you mean? Do I ask them specifically, like about their experiences, or how do you mean? Yeah, kind of like is that something that you look for in a candidate to hire? Like, hey, have you, you know, do you uh, have you explored these kind of avenues? Y- yes and no, like because there, I mean, there's things that I haven't tried that but I'm still working there so I don't think it would be necessarily fair to um to kind of discount someone just because of that I think what's more important is someone who is um gender diverse positive someone who is sex positive who is super willing to learn you know just because you don't 
um, engage in certain acts doesn't mean that you can't have like a basic understanding of the mechanics of it, you know, or the psychology behind it. I mean, I don't have a psych degree, but quite a few people who've come through those doors have. Um, but that's not to say that I couldn't navigate talking to people about these personal, you know, um, endeavors. So these are all things that um, come with training and to come with experience. So no, I don't, I don't hold that against them. Now, um, an eagerness to learn that that's, I think, even more important. And, and the ability to communicate that kind of information. So like a curiosity, like a healthy curiosity is more of what oh, you're Oh, absolutely. For. Because I mean, I mean, things are different now than they were when I started. But I mean, I had a health, it's, it's strange because I definitely had a lot of curiosity prior to starting. I just didn't have avenues to explore that necessarily other than the, what was available to me you know, through the internet. And this is before online shopping was like a huge thing. Um, and it's, I find it super interesting because I will overhear conversations that people have. And I think to myself, do you not Google shit? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, you know, cause I mean, we have some toys that are, um, you know, not for the faint of heart, you know, like we have something, you know, we have a dildo that's 17 inches long <laughs> yeah. and people are like, that's not possible. And I'm like, yeah, like, there's all kinds well, of porn showing. Yeah, it's like <laughs> Google Dick Rambone and then click on videos and you will see some shit, you know. And and it's and the Dick Rambone isn't even the biggest out there. Like I see some things that I, even I am like, ooh, man, that is that is you know where, where there's a will, there's a way. <laughs> okay. Um, my question is that like you said, things were different than they were before. What's like um, is is What's another example of things that before were quite different in your perspective? Like my, my formative years, I've grown up in, a, in places that have had adult shops. Um, I will say that the one that I'm currently working at is the most boutique-y of them. And so part of what's changed or what has become more um, accessible is the idea of the boutique experience versus something that is um, would be considered seedy, dank, and you know, um, for really gross people who do dirty things, you know, things like that. It's like um, so. I think what has become more available is the idea of a sex positive, female positive um, environment where we're looking to educate. And also um, the quality of the products has changed as well. You know, um, there are some company, there are some retailers who refuse to sell products that are made out of certain materials because there are better materials out there. That's not to say that toys made of those materials don't still exist. They do, um, but you're not going to necessarily find them quite so readily in your more boutique style um, shops versus those shops that cater more to people who are looking, I don't want to say to be exhibitionists, but maybe those shops that have, you know, viewing booths or arcades. In my experience, few of them spend a lot of energy on the products that they carry because what they're making their money, a lot of their money from is people putting quarters in the machines and watching videos, you know, and so what do you think is uh, significant about places or like the community that allows for more of a boutique experience? You had said kind of more educational products that are safer to use, but 
is there does that reflect anything about the community in your opinion potentially i i i i don't know for sure because i've only ever worked at this one shop and i've worked here for quite a while and i've been lucky to to be to be working under billy mcwilliams who has always been very steadfast in wanting to um be like integrated into the community. I mean, he's, he's got his hands in a lot of cookie jars and he's a very, um, I would say well-known person in town. You know, he does, um, he does a lot of work with the help center, you know, he does work with local politics. So, I mean, he, he, his, his interests are pretty broad and, um, he's always been very interested in, you know, um, trying to, be a part of the community and help the community. And so we, you know, we do a lot of sponsorships. We do a lot of donations. We do, you know, we donated menstrual cups to Haven just recently, you know, kind of thing. And it's like, oh, isn't that fun? Because there was a company that had them for like, that just, you know, a company that I really, really um, admire, you know, came out with their own menstrual cups. It's like, hey, why don't we just go ahead and donate them? And Billy's like, yeah, do it. Absolutely. Um, And so I think... Uh, I, I'd hate to say that um, that boutique style shops can only happen in one type of environment. I just think it's easier to happen in environments that are more open. Hmm. Okay, so my next question is, is sort of along those lines of changing people's minds about, uh, I guess, the taboo nature or kind of like the, like you said, more female friendly. Um, do you have those moments or how... How do you approach those moments where someone comes into the shop for the first time and you kind of get this like, uh, you know, magic is real parallel to like sex is okay. Um, How do you approach those kind of situations? You have to meet customers where they are, you know, Um, it. It's like you can't teach someone calculus if they've ever done multiplication or addition. You know what I mean? You got to You got. And I, I'm not trying to say you have to dumb it down for them, but you you can't um, you can't go all in all the time because people receive information differently, and not everyone's going to respond the same way to the same tactics. Um, and so what I do is, is that I try to gauge how to interact with this person and, um, and kind of let them determine the pace that we're going. And I, and so it really requires you to be able to read people in a way, or at least be aware of the information that they're giving you and how they are giving them that to you. Um, you know, I, like, you know, I mentioned my boss, Billy, he and I have very different styles of how to interact with people. He's super like gregarious and he'll take you on a tour and he, and he'll show you things like, you know, he'll just, you know, and it's, and, and that's great for some people, but for other people who are maybe a little more reserved and shy, that might be overwhelming. And I tend to be much more reserved and kind of let them lead me to, to kind of determine like at what pace I can help them and how I can help them. And it's not to say that I'm not showing them things. Um, but I realize that not everyone wants to see everything. They just want what they want, the information that they can get that will help them navigate it. Um, and then, and then move on with their lives, so to speak. And, and some tactics works for some and some work for others. It just, 
it's just kind of hard to determine until you start actually communicating with them. This is clearly a topic that you care a lot about, and um, you were working on a presentation last weekend. Can you tell me about kind of the work that you've been doing with the university um, in regards to sexual health? Yes. So for, I don't even know how many years it's been that um, I've done presentations, but it's been for um, the Health and Human sexual, um, Sexuality um, uh, course on campus. And um, I've have now since done it for like the past three professors who have taught it. So that just goes to show you how long I've done it because every professor has done it, you know, has taught for several years kind of thing. Um, And so basically I call it show and tell is what I do Um, because I, I ask that the, um, that students present me with their questions anonymously ahead of time. And so that's collected by the professor. And um, this, I feel like allows them to ask questions um, that they may be too shy to ask, you know, out loud in front of their classmates. I've never taken this class. I should, but I, I haven't. So I don't know exactly like how free flowing that information is because by the time I am presenting, I am their very last class before they have finals. And so, I mean, they've had, you know, 15 or so weeks together. And I would imagine that eventually they, they reveal things about themselves, but I don't know that for sure. Cause like I said, I've never taken the class. So this allows them to ask questions, um, anonymously and hopefully freely. And so I do my best to, you know, go through those questions and answer them. But also I show them the products that we have because for anyone who's gone into a shop that um, has a lot of options, it can be super overwhelming, especially if you've never been into a shop before. You, you just look and you're like, where do you start? What do these do? And so part of what my my show and tell is to just sort of give people information like, hey, these are some of the options that are available to you. These are how they're the same. These are how they're different. And so that way when and if they decide to go into the shop for the very first time, it's not all brand new. Like they've seen it before or something like it before. And so talking about like why some toys are shaped certain ways and like the different applications and all that stuff will maybe, you know, get their mind, you know, get their juices flowing, so to speak. Like, huh, that's really interesting. Didn't know that that was an option and maybe help them to kind of dip that toe into, you know, self-exploration. I had a woman come in who told me that, you know, she, you know, was at one of my presentations, but it still took her a year and a half to get the courage to come in, you know. But I mean, how long would it have been had she not had that experience? I don't know. Maybe longer, maybe not. Maybe still a year and a half. Who knows? Well, I yeah, I didn't go in until there was a presentation through the QSA um, from your take, and that's how I met you originally. And that's, um, kind of, that was the leading moment for me to kind of start looking into those things and learning a lot more about it. And like there, for me, there was a lot of like everything before then had seemed very like male oriented, a very male dominated kind of area. And so I didn't feel comfortable looking into those things until there was someone who kind of made it appear safer, made it appear like it would actually be enjoyable, (laughs) if that makes any sense. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And I think also that has to do with um, access to 
do you have access and what do you have access to? Um, you know, just because there's an adult shop in town doesn't necessarily mean that one is going to be comfortable going into it. I mean, we try to be as positive as possible as, um, you know, female friendly as possible, but there are still going to be people who are going to be super uncomfortable coming in. Um, and that's not from a lack of trying on our end. It's just, we don't know some people's upbringings, you know, some people have had very, you know, conservative, sheltered, um, religious upbringings. And so they feel super, super shy and apprehensive and, um, embarrassed. Um, but then there's some people who've had those upbringings and who are like, like balls to the wall. They want to experience everything because they've never, you know, they, they've never been allowed to make to have those experiences and now that they have access it's like they they it's like a whole new world and they want to try every spice in the cupboard kind of thing so um so yeah i think i think showing people what's available to them is the best way to kind of make it make it i, I want to say obvious but kind of let give them a hint like hey you're not the only one who has um, these desires and and wants to explore with either with a partner or with themselves because that's another thing you know I'll have a group of people come in and one person is shopping and I'm helping that person and then I go to help you know their 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 companion and you know it's it's interesting sometimes people will say oh I'm not a relationship I don't need anything and then other people will be like oh I'm not uh, I'm in a relationship I don't need anything and I'm like what does a relationship have to do with whether or not you have a toy but you know that's just the way I think you know um and and, you know, hopefully those people, I mean, if that works for them, that's great, but hopefully they're not limiting themselves unnecessarily because of these preconceived notions that they have. And that's part of, you know, the education part is, you know, kind of determining, um, if people are wanting things for solo play or for partner play and how things can be incorporated in either one of those, you know, um, expressions. I like that. I like that you use the word limiting as well, because I was going to ask, um, what is, let me rephrase that. So how do you think it can improve someone's quality of life to know more about these things? What it does is that depending on how they got their information beforehand, you know, when, when we watch media, so a prime example, when we watch media and there's a couple who are being intimate, this idea that every penetrative act is going to automatically result in orgasm, which is not true and is rarely true for most people. Um, I had a woman who was, who came in and I was chatting with her and I was showing her the options and she goes, Oh, you know, you would think by 30 that I would have had this figured out by now. I just want to be normal. And she was talking in regards to not achieving orgasms through penetrative sex. And I was like, well, actually, you know, studies show that most women don't, you know, most vulva owners don't achieve orgasms through penetrative sex alone. So in fact, you are very normal. You are as normal as can be. You are in the majority. And a lot of people don't realize that about themselves, you know. And also this idea of what's normal. When you talk about normal, there's this automatic idea of what's abnormal. And to me, abnormal has a very negative connotation. Because it, 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 it to me, it, it sounds like 
um, it can be misconstrued as dysfunction. And, and I think what's a better way to think of it is atypical. It's like your, the way your body responds or the way you respond is maybe not typical, but it's typical enough that you're not the only one, you know, and, and it's not necessarily something that needs to be fixed. It's just, how do we, how do we work within your body's response, you know, responses and how it wants to respond and what it, what is required. It's, it's not that there's anything wrong. It's just that these options don't work for you, but there might be options out there that do. And let's, let's go find those. And then, then it makes it feel less like my body is broken. My body doesn't work, you know? And it's like, cause that's, that's rarely, that's rarely true. Yeah. I just want to say that is a really important sentiment is to think of it not as something, I mean, cause when you're talking about abnormal, there's like that shame to it. And that's kind of why I wanted to have this interview was to talk about how, uh, well, first of all, uh, sex toys are great Christmas gifts. So that's coming up. <laughs> but second of all, yeah, we, you know, if we lived in a society where people were less ashamed with that, more um, accepting of their own, like, body's needs and, and those kinds of things, I think we would be living in a better society. So, <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, to wrap up, thank you so much for your time. Did you have one last thought there? I didn't. Well, you were talking about Christmas gifts, and that was a question that I had to address at the presentation. Someone was like, "What can I give for Christmas that is Ooh, yes. it, that isn't too embarrassing to be unwrapped in front of the family?" And I'm like, "Ugh, I don't know. Well, maybe <laughs> tell me about the family. Like, are they super like accepting, or are they going to be like?" awkward about it but you know i i showed some things that i thought would be you know potential uh potentials for them to to gift you know some some packaging is beautiful and sophisticated and it doesn't show anything other than you know a name and then there's some that has like really sleek and sophisticated packaging that is very um like like the the more the newer packaging now doesn't show bodies it just shows the products and so, so unless you know, you don't know what that is kind of thing. So yeah, I showed them some options. <laughs> uh, does Erotique have an online store? It does. It's eroticstyle.com. Okay. So what were some of those good Christmas gift ideas at eroticstyle.com? Um, my, one of my favorite brands is Vidu. It's spelled V-E-D-O. And I just love their stuff. I think it's, um, great quality, affordable pricing, and just like really minimalist packaging. Like that's another, I'm, I'm a, bit of a package snob and and like their packaging just hits all of the right notes for me it's not too big it's very simple um the the products are clearly um like the the pictures are are very like easy to kind of determine what it looks like if you were to have it in your hand um so that's one of my favorite brands um we vibe is another one that i absolutely love um for all the same reasons and um and you know uh, there's a there's a few other brands out there that we don't carry that still hit those marks, but um, I, I don't have room for everything that I want, unfortunately, in the <laughs> shop. I always tell people like the 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 physical limitations of the shop um, are limiting my aspirations for the shop. Like I just need more space, more space. <laughs> okay, I do have one more question. I'm so sorry to go over time, but. Um... Do you, is it fun to uh, 
tr- like try new products like because that must be a part of the job right to some extent yeah i mean it's it's not a thing where like you know Billy it's not B- what i'm imagining yeah it's not like <laughs> hey there's a new product everyone gets one kind of thing i mean we we do largely pay for a lot of um the things that we get we get an awesome discount which makes it easy to do so but yeah i i definitely think um trying enough products that will help you talk to people about those products you know like for instance you don't need to try every vibrating bullet known to man but having had experience with a few will kind of help you to then navigate some of the other ones that are out there um like if all you've ever experienced was something that was had very subtle vibrations then it might be hard to kind of communicate what more deeper rumbly intense vibrations would feel like for someone um and so yeah just having that experience of of playing with a, with a few toys to kind of help um, explain other toys. You don't, you know, I, I don't necessarily um, haven't tried, you know, people think that I have a lot of toys and I do, but I don't have as many as they think. And it's not that, <laughs> and it's actually not that diverse of a selection. Like it's, it's like I have my favorites and I just get versions of the same thing over and over again. Cause that's what appeals to me. But I've had enough experience that I can talk to people about the other toys that are available to them well so look into the gift that keeps on giving uh this christmas oh definitely um and again that website is eroticstyle.com fabulous all right thank you so much natasha i hope you have a very happy holiday yes you as well thanks for having me all right that's all i got did you want to add anything else okay so i did have my first like um, like virtual sex session that was very interesting that I think would be kind of funny to talk about. Was I don't... it virtual or was it like over the phone? This is like Snapchat. Um, so I do have to ask, like, why why do you want to share this story publicly? Because I'm I enjoy listening to it as a friend, but I was yeah. Why do you want to share this through audio or through recording? I think it's one of those rare experiences I'm ever going to have in my life. And it's almost like a selfish, I want it to be recorded so I can listen to it later when I forget all about it. I'm like, oh yeah, I did do that thing. Okay. Do you want it recorded or do you want it published? And like, if so, why? Yeah, it's a good question. I think it's a normal experience with sexual health and especially with this episode, I think to not make an impact but to help others feel okay about their sexuality and their own sexual experience there is a point of vulnerability you have to show off and I guess for me since this wasn't like a very intimate moment between someone I love it almost feels like a little bit easier to share and to publish with others um and like we were talking about I was joking like oh it's the woman experience but then you would go, oh yeah, no, that is actually very similar to some experiences. So then I want someone, hopefully a woman, could be a man, who knows, and have them listen to this and laugh, hopefully, and like have some camaraderie with this podcast where they're like, oh, I've been through this too. I get it. I understand what Annika's talking about. Hell yeah. Um, so yeah, that's why I'm okay with it publishing. But mom, please don't listen to this episode. <laughs> Uh, a little late on that, but I'll try to <laughs> put 
put something at the beginning. <laughs> Just the title. Mom. <laughs> Anna's mom. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. Ooh, that would actually be kind of like a good half title. Sketch groups like SNL have been making a lot of jokes about how there's an increase in shopping for dildos and, and buying those kinds of products. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of like virtual interaction going on. <laughs> um, and so how like you kind of wanted to share something about using Snapchat and using these like modern apps um, that hopefully have more privacy. <laughs> That's what I would worry about is like with Snapchat doesn't sound, I don't know. I don't know what the privacy rules are on Snapchat. I don't think you can download videos anymore or if that ever was a thing. But, you know, any sort of like electronic use is going to have the risk of, uh uh-oh, it's there forever. Um, (laughs) Yay. But yeah, so I, I I went through a breakup. I know so sad, but actually, whatever. Uh, the breakup that we talked about and recorded, and now we just gotta burn it all. Um. Yeah, we're, we're bar- burn it all. Um, it was for the best. That's that's all I say about it for now. <laughs> so I last night I was like, what if I'll be alone forever? What if I don't have anything? So the thing about me though that was is fun I, thoughts on a Saturday yeah, night. I know, right? <laughs> so the thing about me is that I'm queer, so I really don't have any. Uh, sexual attraction for cis men at all, meaning men who identify with their gender at birth. And so uh, I went on this app called Pure, which is all just about like fun little like online hookups that you can just like just have within the app and your privacy is like kept really well. And if you screenshot, it's like, uh oh, don't do that. Or if, like, if they're, like, if you mention, like, oh, we should move to Snapchat, it's, like, don't move on to other social media sites. That's dangerous. So it's actually kind of cool to see, like, them trying to protect you at any cost. Um, And so I just went on there and decided to mess around with some cis men because I've, one, never allowed them to perceive me before. And so, and two, I wanted to see what flirting techniques that one they like to use and slash would work on them. So <laughs> I... You did a totally normal uh, social experiment um, yeah. <laughs> to mess with people. You went trolling. I went trolling, but it ended up being kind of fun at the same time because it, it, like, I had, I had one where, like, it was, <laughs> it was very, like, uh, sassy with me, which was really funny because it like started off at first kind of like, what would you do if I was there with you? And then his like age came out of it because he's like, hey, I have to ask you important questions that might ruin this. So I was like, oh my god. I'm like, uh oh. He's gonna be like 16, 17. Shit. And so I was like, what? Are you part of the KKK? <laughs> and he's like, no, no, no. That'd be weird since I'm half Somali. And I'm like, okay, cool. At least you're at least you're not in the KKK. At least you're not a racist. Got that going yeah. for you. Okay. <laughs> you know what? Sorry, I just want to say, uh, not being a racist is one of my turn-ons. Definitely. Yeah. Thank you. Um, and then he's like, well, how old are you? And I'm like, oh. So I told him my age. Um, and then he's like, I'm 19. He's like, is that too young for you? And I'm like, um, in terms of talking, no. In terms of 
physically meeting each other? Absolutely, <laughs> yes. That is not going to happen in the least. And he was like, oh, uh, no, I'm not driving to Boise, blah, blah, blah. And so we were just sharing stories, and at the end, he's like, my shoulders hurt. And I'm like, oh, no, why? He goes, I'm carrying this conversation too long. Oh, no. <laughs> and I thought that was so funny. So, <laughs> like, for him, like, the traditional flirting didn't really work. Because he how seemed do you de- more like how he do just you define, wanted like, to like, talk to someone. Hey, baby, I'll see. Like, send me a picture, and I'll send yours, you know. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if that's true. This is coming from a queer individual that doesn't know anything about the men. Well, no, that that's how that is occasionally like an approach from a, a masculine approach, I would say. What what is do you have yeah, like what is your stereotypical like approach if you like as a a, a cis female to yeah. Like well, a heteronormative cis female. To, to pretend that I'm a heteronormative cis female, um, because I'm neither of those things. <laughs> um, it was a lot of, like, teasing from me, which was kind of weird, but also, like, as a sarcastic asshole, that was a lot easier to do. So, like, people would, like, come and they're like, hey, what's up? I'm like, hey, not much. I'm like, I'm in my pajamas. And they're like, ooh, you touching yourself? And I'm like, no, you got to work for it. I'm like, what are you? <laughs> All right, so you a sass queen. I get you. Okay. Oh, yeah, 100% sass queen. And it was interesting. Like, some of the guys were, like, really into, like, role-playing. They're like, you feel my hands all over your body. And I'll sit there. I'm like, what candles are you using right now? <laughs> oh, no. And then you can see, like, I'm using whatever you want, baby. And one of those, like, I'm putting oils all over your body. And I'm like, what kind of oils? I'm like, it better not be any nut oils. I'm like, I'm allergic <laughs> to most of them. And I was like, wink, wink, oh, no. but not all. And they're like, oh, it's just essential oils, baby. <laughs> and And so there was... One guy, we were hitting off pretty well in terms of just, like, light fun. And so, and it was funny because I was also texting my friend who does a lot of this uh, in her, like, within her friend group, which is really interesting, which I kind of love that, like, security, like, you're with your friends so you can, like, express your sexuality a little bit more. And so I was, like, telling her, I was like, I think I got my first unsolicited dick pic. I'm so excited. And she's just like, Annika. I'm like, I know, but here's the thing. I'm a queer person who doesn't perceive men, so I never get this. So it's almost like, ah, I'm having the full woman experience right now. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) And so, like, we just. I'm having the full woman experience. (laughs) Uh. I know this is like the little researcher in me that's like ooh wow this is what it's like okay like I'm not here for this at all except for this one moment you know what honestly no one's here for unsolicited dick pics but they happen yeah that that is for sure (laughs) they they do happen and I got to experience it and I was actually very excited excited. um anyways (laughs) So things got a little heated. It was just like uh, photos that are like s- s- 
slowly removing your clothes, you know, stuff like that. And then um, I went into the bathroom because, like, you know, adults do. Sometimes your children try to get in, like, into all your space and you're always constantly like having to pause and like be like oh my god leave me alone except my kids are my two cats where if like try to lock them out they're like and they're trying to get in and i'm just like oh this is ruining everything right now like i'm not in the mood anymore this is stupid so i had to go to the the bathroom to like do it and i have so much more respect for sex workers who film themselves yeah because that shit was hard <laughs> like like, using Snapchat, like, you already have a limited reach in, like, a certain amount of time where you're, like, holding the record button and then you gotta slip your finger over to the lock and then it's, like, it's always, like, then you have, like, these weird, awkward start to the videos and it's just awful. Yeah. And then I'm just, like, <laughs> like laying back, I'm like, is this even attractive? I don't know. In a workout video, you'll see them, like, and their nose is, like, right up in the screen and then they'll, like, back off and then they'll, like, do the thing and it's, like, oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> Because you can't edit on Snapchat, right? No, you can't. You can just delete. But sometimes, like, it would, like, I would try and, like, I was like, oh, it's not, like, recording or anything because, like, my finger wouldn't click where I couldn't see it. It was just, like, so stupid. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, so it was just, like, it, it was, like, almost like a mini workout because I'm, like, okay, lay back, present myself. Oh, cool. Video has stopped. Lean forward. <laughs> send the video get set up again get frustrated leave <laughs> it was just like it was a hot mess um yeah and so it was it was interesting and and i also had the another like stereotypical heteronormative woman or like <laughs> sorry mom he came and then he was like i gotta go to bed i got work in the morning like didn't even care about the kid. <laughs> For, like, my side of the yeah, participation. Oh. And then I was like, oh. damn. These cis women that have heteronormative sexual relationships with, like, those traditional, like, it's all about me, men. I'm like, this sucks. Dude, yeah. And I'm like, ew. I'm like, I don't like this. <laughs> yep. And I was like, wow. The women experience. <laughs> Not too long ago, I was talking to my brother about relationships and how, like, and he pretty much point blank was like, he believes that most people are in bad relationships. Yeah, like most people can't take care of themselves like emotionally or physically in order to like leave that. And so they just like are excessively codependent or, you know, uh, the opposite, like ne negligent. Um, and just like most people probably would be better off single and just working on themselves. <laughs> And I, like, I was single up until this year. Like, I was very consistently single. <laughs> I mean, same. And now I'm right back in the single boat, baby. And that's okay. It's actually kind of nice. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Okay. Fine. <laughs> um, I like that. I think that's something I absolutely suck at, like, sharing personal stories. I just want to ask everyone else how they're doing. I don't. Um, mm, let's have a therapy session about that more. Hard no. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, but I will say that, like, 
an example of like the unfortunate situations that cis uh, women or heteronormative cis women fall into in relationships or something that I watch out for um, as I've dated what progressively was that um, if someone is uncomfortable with trying new things or like not even willing to try toys, um, that's an immediate like red flag for me. Um, because then, uh, if they're not privately and like safely willing to try to expand their worlds, they're not at all going to, um, be comfortable in like external, uh, new worlds or new experiences. Um, if you're not willing to experiment a little at home, um, with all of those like safety parameters of like a locked door and closed windows, you're, you're not going to be willing to put yourself out there. Um, when you're like traveling to a different country or meeting different people, um, and things like that. So that's something that I look into a lot. Um, and fortunately I have a partner who says yes to pretty much everything that <laughs> says yes, or like, we'll think about it like he's there's like, there's one or two discussion. things that he's like gonna need some time on but um it's it, it it was a huge priority and it's like almost a test uh to like ask if they're willing to try um little variations and things like that yeah that's a that's a really interesting point because i think this might be too political we could also just cut this out but i think in this day and age especially i think we're starting to get rid of those 1950s ideals. Trying. <laughs> trying. Trying. I mean, we're yeah. getting some more success, which is awesome. Like, we get more people who are talking about sexual health. But overall, like, it's not really being talked about. But um, through, like, podcasts and, like, videos and, like, you were saying, like, self-exploration. And we have this huge, like, sex health industry. There's, like name brand companies that just like focus on toys that are actually like one safe for your body mm-hmm. but two also like effective for your money <laughs> yeah and that was a big thing that natasha was talking about is how there's been a lot of people who are focusing on like safer materials um and then they also refuse to sell things that are um like that have racist labeling um and uh kind of exploit those really toxic like socially toxic fantasies um and how this industry is trying to be more sex positive and sex positivity has to you know include everyone it's almost like everything that's a problem has to include everyone in order for us to move forward and if we aren't doing that then we're forgetting people and creating bigger problems. Yeah, so the moral of the story is, is for this Christmas, we should buy everyone a sex toy. Or at least flavored lubes. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get glow-in-the-dark condoms as well. Yes, and uh, body, like, the temporary or, like, uh, edible body paint. Ooh, yeah. That one's a fun one. <laughs> <laughs> 10 out of 10 recommendation for Morgan. <laughs> hey, if you get to involve arts and crafts and sex, uh, that's a hard sell for me. A very good sell for me. Yeah. 
great. Thank you for listening to that episode. Thank you to Annika and Natasha for your input. Thank you to the king and queen of the losers for their song, Circle K, which is available on Bandcamp and Spotify and wherever. I uh, highly recommend throwing some money at them on Bandcamp if you can. Also, hey, if you got a few extra little bucks, I would really, Annika and I would really appreciate you sponsoring our Patreon. We are at patreon.com slash women travel podcast. Women is spelled with an X. Only two or three dollars a month uh, would do, it'll do, it'll do as well. (laughs) And uh, we would really appreciate that uh, sponsorship. Also, if you're not able to donate, that's a-okay, understandable in these circumstances. Um, but we would appreciate a share or a shout out online. Maybe you have someone who's a little bit more nervous about this, uh, sexual health topic and you want to help, um, expand their horizons. Uh, this might be (laughs) helpful, but, uh, make sure you're not pushing boundaries too much. Um, thank you for listening and we hope you have some awesome holidays online or in small family gatherings. Take care and we'll see you, uh, December 15th.